This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. My guest now, Angela Miller-Rothbart, describes herself as an accidental author. Her book, The Lightness of Air, tells the story of Helena Jablonski, who survives the war in Europe and sets out on a courageous journey to Palestine. Her journey takes her from Poland, Paris, New York, and the Middle East, and then to the winelands of Paul, where the author of the book, Angela, was born. Angela joins me now to tell me a little bit more. Angela, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Cherise, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Uh, Angela, you were born in Paul, and it features in your book. How much of your book is your personal story? Well, not really. My book was written because I met this remarkable woman who called Henia Breyer, who inspired me to write this book. I had been involved in business most of my adult life. And when I retired and I had all this time on my hands, I decided to indulge all the passions I was unable to do while I worked. I wanted to meet interesting people. So I joined the Jewish Seniors Association. And simultaneously, I also joined a writing group to indulge my passion for poetry, writing, theatre. And then the two came together. Because what happened was when Diane Soshin from the association, the Seniors Association, phoned me to say, Angela, there's somebody I think you should meet. I could never have imagined that it would culminate in this moment that I'm speaking to you and have a book in my hand. But that's what happened, Cherise. I mean, it's an incredible story, Angela. Had you always wanted to be an author? Had you always wanted to write? Or was it just something that life was just busy and you never had the chance? I've always had a passion for writing and for reading. And as a little girl, my poems and my stories were always published, you know. But as I worked and was so involved in this business, which I had started myself in my early 20s, there wasn't time for anything else. So now I'm really enjoying. It's such a lovely stage of my life to do all the things that I could never have done before. And meeting Henia Breyer was just the ultimate privilege. She's just a remarkable lady. Tell me a little bit about her. When I first met her, I just knew I had met somebody very special. And then as time went by, I learned how intensely private, dignified she was, beautiful, always immaculately dressed, with this amazing intellect. And then the story started coming. And that's when I was mesmerized and started counting the sleeps to the next visit. Her telling of her story was so evocative that I actually lived the history with her as though I was there in Poland with her. It wasn't just the stories of the camp. It was the stories of her life before the camp and in Poland. And afterwards, when after the camp, she went to Paris. I felt as though I was there with her packing the exodus when she went, you know, on to Palestine and um, fought in the War of Independence. So when she told me the stories of her life in Poland, I could actually taste the delicious food, see the beautiful clothes that her mother brought from Vienna. I could smell the leather in her father's shoe factory. And when the Nazis looted their home and sent them to the ghettos and, and carried away her precious baby grand piano, 
I cried with her. Our bond grew so deep, has grown so deep over the years. She's somebody who's very dear and precious to me. It's incredible. I mean, in writing a story, you kind of based it on her. To what extent did you bring, I mean, I see Paul features in your book. Yes. To what extent did you bring your own um, energy, your own experiences? Yes, Cherise, I learned so much from um, from doing writing this book and from meeting Henia. I learned about the resilience of the human spirit. I learned that life isn't always fair and that there are happy endings. Sometimes you've just got to look a little harder or even invent them. And, you know, the losses we suffer, all of us in life, somehow learned that there are gains. And at the end, the scale of life does really balance out. And so I tried to bring this into the, you know, the book that I was writing. The other thing I learned about um, survivors and, well, about Henya was freedom when you walk out of that the gates. Freedom, the physical freedom, is never the emotional freedom. And um, those memories, today Henya is 96 years old, but she is still haunted by the memories. And sometimes when I sit and speak to her, she'll say, I just remembered something. Or she'll tell me, you know, and, and being such a very private person, her stories haven't really been told, you know. So I feel privileged to have heard them. But I just want to say one thing. I created a fictitious a character in a novel. It's not her story. Because I, the, the problem was she'd never asked me to write a book and I didn't want to encroach on her privacy. So that's why I created a fictitious character. But the real story she told me are definitely, I have documented them in, I've entwined them in the story which I have told. I mean, it's quite challenging in many ways to do to do what you've done. You know, on the one hand, to write a biography is one thing and then to write a novel is another thing. But you've kind of done both. Again, to what extent have you brought yourself into the story? To what extent do any of the characters reflect you? Yes, I do identify with some of them, I have to admit. And there is one character and her, Rachel, is motherly and nurturing and caring. And I love her. You know, and the characters, what happened? They came alive. They came to live with me. They hang around with me. I have a feeling they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I hope to keep them with me still. Yes, I do see myself in one of the characters. And if we had more time, I would love to be able to read just one paragraph to you, but I don't know. Sure, sure. Go for it. I just wanted to, as far as my um, thoughts on never being, I've always been haunted by memories, I would just like to read this to you. So it happened on a sultry summer morning under a sky bleached with sunlight that Helena at last turned her back on the hell that had been Bergen-Belsen. The finality of walking freely through the gates lit a dark corner of her soul. With time, that light would grow to illuminate the life of the woman she was yet to become. But in that moment... The emotional damage inflicted upon her during her long internment lay dormant 
like a creeping tide, it would gather strength and flow into every crevice of her being, leaving behind the detritus of haunted memories and tortured dreams. Beautiful, and, absolutely and, beautiful. And Angela, yes. yes. No, I was going to say, that was, yes. you know, that was my feeling, my overall feeling about Henia and about the characters which I created, that you, you're never free of the memory of it. You're physically free, but emotionally you imprisoned. Has Henia read the book? Well, this is the important part. While I was writing it, I, I, you know, and being aware of not encroaching on her privacy, never, ever would I do that. Eventually, I decided the days come, I have to read a few pages to her. So, with fear and trepidation, I did. And she has macular degeneration. So, when I was reading, she just stared straight ahead of her. When I finished, in a heart-stopping moment, she was very quiet. Then she turned to me and she said, publish it and dedicate it to me. And that is when my life changed. Because then I knew I would have to find the courage to do that. I would do my best to do that for her. And I am thrilled to say that that's what we've done. And on Tuesday at the seniors, we're having a little ceremony, a, a, a luncheon, where the moment of my life that I've been waiting for for the last few years, I will give this book to Henry, and it is dedicated to her. And, and I'll just tell you what the dedication is um, to her. I have said, <clears throat> for Henny Briar, a worthy woman who can find, for her price is far above rubies. Absolutely beautiful, Angela. You say, how long did the book take you to write from beginning to end? Um, I would say on and off about three years, you know, during lockdown. And then, as you say, you know, the characters, somehow or other, they were just writing themselves. It was just the strangest thing. They were telling me what to write. And this whole thing just sort of evolved, you know, without me somehow. You say the characters have developed a life of, your, of their own. Are you thinking of writing another book? You know, Cherise, I miss my happy place because I found that writing this book was therapeutic and cathartic and it was a place to disappear into. And I really miss that. But would I write another book if I was inspired? Oh, I think that Henny has got a lot more stories that she hasn't told me. And who knows, there might just be something that will inspire me. But at the moment, I've, I've just got to get this, you know, I've got so much on my plate at the moment to get all this sorted out and to, to have the launch next Tuesday. And then I'll take a deep breath and think what's next. You'll take a deep breath and think what's next. Um, the characters are in the meantime in your head. If you did write another book and you were inspired, would it be a whole new set of characters or would you carry on the story but develop it in a different way? I think the story has been told and I think I would have to find a, a different way. You know, the story has been told and it, uh, I've got it out of my system, although maybe maybe I would have written it in a different way because I've now come to understand that um, Henia 
wants her stories told. Whereas in the beginning, I was so concerned about, as I say, encroaching on her privacy. I would never have done that. But now I've come to understand that she really wants her stories to be told. They are true. She lived through them. And I think it's cathartic for her as well at the moment to tell them, to have an ear yeah. to hear. Absolutely phenomenal what you've done. Um, in terms of creative writing and the course that you went on, and um, are you still continuing with your creative writing courses? And to what extent did that help shape your ability to write? Well, let me tell you, it was their support and encouragement that really pushed this whole thing forward. And they were insistent, you know, from the time what happened, I would be writing my four, five hundred words every week and submitting them. And then they'd start, Angela, you have to publish it. You have to. And I would think rubbish you know but with their support and encouragement they it happened I couldn't have done it without they've been incredible and it is a self-published no it's published by texture publishing and again my publisher needs medals all the way across her chest for putting up with me and phoning every day and saying, I want to change this word. No, change it back again. No, leave out that sentence. So she's been incredible and also very, very supportive. I've been so fortunate in having all these supportive and creative people around me that um, it's been a most wonderful journey that I've been on. And I am very grateful. Forward. And just such a fantastic story. I mean, your story in and of itself is quite inspirational. Um, if anybody would like to get a copy of the book, what should they do? Well, it's available on Take A Lot. It will be all in all the major stores within the next week or two, and it's available on Amazon. But um, um, I have, uh, um, Henny and I have a joke between us. She calls me Mother Moses. She said, because Mother Moses started painting when she was 90. And here in my years now, in my advanced years, I've suddenly written a book. So, yes, I suppose that is a bit of a story on its own. I can't wait to get the book. I'll certainly look out for it. And I look forward to reading it. And maybe we'll chat again afterwards. But just to say thank you very much for joining me and well done on the initiative. And important to tell the stories as well. And uh, It is so, so important. I realise that, that what I've written and others like me, and of course much better than me, they are so important. They must be handed down to our children and our grandchildren lest we forget. And on that incredible, important note, I'd like to say thank you very much. That was Angela Miller Rothbart, who is the author of the book, The Lightness of Air, that tells the story of Helena Jablonski. Uh, Angela, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Elisa. I hope we'll chat again after you've read it.